Part two, chapter two of Our Own Set by Ossip Shubin, translated by Clara Bell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Part two, chapter two. Bright May, the sweetest month of spring, the trees and fields with flowers are strewn. Dear heart, to thee life's May I bring, take it and keep it for thine own nay draw the knife i will not start pierce if thou wilt my willing breast there thou shalt find my faithful heart whose truth in death shall stand confessed these words sung in the roman dialect to a very simple air came quavering out of the open window of the drawing-room of the sterzl's palazzetto as sempali passed by it that evening he had gone out to pay some visits to divert his mind and though his way did not take him along the side street in which the palazzetto stood he had not been able to resist the temptation to make a detour it was a mild evening and the tones floated down like an invitation he recognized zinka's voice as she sang one of the melancholy stornelli in which the peasants of the campagna give utterance to their loves it ceased and she was just moving away when another even sweeter and more piercing lament broke the warm silence or shall i die poison itself could have no terrors if i took it from thy hand thy heart should be my death-bed and my grave the passionate words were sung with subdued vehemence to a rather monotonous tune like a faded wreath of spring flowers borne along by some murmuring stream he turned back and listened with suspended breath the song ended on a long full note he felt that he would give god knows how much to hear the last line once more la sepoltura mia sara il tuo senno now zinka was speaking it vexed him beyond measure that he could not hear what she was saying it was maddening good heavens what a fool he was to stand fretting outside when he went into the drawing-room to his great surprise he was met by sterzl back so soon he exclaimed as he shook hands with him yes arnstein had only two days to spare in naples replied sterzl i was delighted to see him again but well i must be growing very old i was so glad to find myself at home again and he drew his sister to him and lightly stroked her pretty brown hair his brotherly caress added to sempali's excitement no wonder that you like your home he was saying when the baroness appeared with an evening wrap on her shoulders a fan and a scent bottle in her hand and as usual dying of refinement and airs not ready yet zenaide ah oh, my dear sempali how very sweet of you and she gave him the tips of her fingers we were quite anxious about you when you so suddenly excused yourself from joining us zinka was afraid you had taken the roman fever she said sentimentally zinka has an imagination that feeds on horrors said sterzl smiling i did think that you must have some very urgent reason said zinka hastily and in some confusion sempali looked into her eyes 
i was doing ash wednesday penance that was all he said in a low voice well to complete the mortification come now to lady dalrymple's the baroness suggested oh be merciful grant me a dispensation i should so much enjoy a quiet evening cried sempali and i too added zinka i am utterly sick of soirees and routs these performances give me the impression of a full-dress review at which such and such fashionable regiments are paraded give us a holiday mother remember it is ash wednesday and we are good catholics said her son i had some scruples myself but the duchess of otranto is going lisped the baroness however when sempali had assured her that the duchess of otranto was by no means a standard authority in roman society she yielded to the common desire that they should remain at home and withdrew to her room to write some letters before tea most men have senses and nerves only in their brain while women as is well known have them all over the body in this respect sempali was like a woman he had senses even in his finger-tips as a frenchman had once said of him il avait les sens poètes a poet's nerves the most trifling external conditions gave him disproportionate pleasure or pain the smallest detail of ugliness was enough to spoil his appreciation of the noblest and grandest work of art he would not have felt the beauty of faust if he had first read it in a shabby or dirty copy now when the baroness had left the room there was no detail that could disturb his enjoyment in being with zinka sterzl had taken up his newspaper zinka at sempali's request had seated herself at the piano she always accompanied herself by heart and sat with her head bowed a little over the keys and half-shut dreamy eyes the sober tone of the room with its tapestried walls and happy medley of knick-knacks broad-leaved plants japanese screens and comfortable furniture formed a harmonious background to her slight white figure the light of the lamp was moderated by its rose-coloured shade a subdued mezza voce tone of colour prevailed in the room which was full of the scent of roses and violets and the heavy perfume seemed in sympathy with the gloomy sentiment of the popular love-songs sempali's whole nature thrilled with rapturous suspense such as few men would perhaps quite understand at his desire zinka sang one after another of the stornelli her voice grew fuller and deeper do not sing too long zini it will tire you said her brother only one more the one i heard from outside begged sempali and she sang la sepoltura mia sara il tuo seno the words trembled on her lips her hands slipped off the last notes into her lap sempali took the warm soft little hands into his own a sort of delightful giddiness mounted to his brain as he touched them zinka he said tell me do you feel a little of what your voice expresses her eyes met his and she blinked as we blink at a strong bright light she shrank back a little as we shrink from too great and sudden joy 
her answer was fluttering on her lips when the door opened the italian servant pronounced some perfectly unintelligible gibberish by way of a name and in marched followed by her daughter and their polish swain the baroness volnitska oh thank goodness i have found you at home she exclaimed we counted on finding you at home on ash wednesday god bless you zinka zinka was petrified mamma sterzl rushed in from an adjoining room at the sound of those rough tones charlotte was all she could stammer out charlotte you here quite a surprise is it not clotilde yes the most unhoped-for things sometimes happen we arrived to-day at three o'clock and called here this afternoon but you were out so then we decided to try in the evening it is rather late to be sure and i for my part should have been here long ago but slava insisted on dressing for such near relations quite absurd but i do not like to contradict her she is so easily put out so i waited to dress too and the baroness after embracing her sister and her niece plumped down uninvited on a very low chair she had dressed with a vengeance a black lace cap was perched on the top of her short grey hair with lappets that hung down over her ears her massive person was squeezed into a violet satin gown which she had evidently outgrown and a lace scarf picturesquely thrown over her shoulders was intended to conceal its defects her lavender-coloured gloves were very short and much too tight and burst at all the buttonholes slava had a general effect of tricolour and she wore some old jewellery that she had bought of a dealer in antiquities at verona she had curled and piled up her hair after the antique and kept her head constantly turned over her left shoulder to be as much like the apollo as possible at the same time making a grimace as if she were being photographed and wished to look bewitching vladimir matuschowski's tall slouching figure was buttoned into a braided coat he held a low-crowned hat with tassels in his hand and glared at the plain dress coats of the other two men as though they were a personal insult monsieur vladimir de matuschowski said the baroness introducing him a a friend of the family but she said it in french when the baroness volnitska was at all at a loss she commonly spoke french her sister who by this time had got over her astonishment now began to wish to dazzle the newcomers count sempali she said presenting the attache a friend of our family my sister the baroness volnitska you have no doubt heard of the famous slav leader baron volnitski who was so conspicuous a figure in forty-eight sempali bowed without speaking baroness volnitska rose and politely offered him her hand i am delighted to make your acquaintance she said i have heard a great deal about you my sister has mentioned you in all her letters and i am quite au courant again sempali bowed in silence and then retiring into the background while the mistress of the house turned to address slava he said to sterzl 
i will take an opportunity of slipping away a stranger is always an intruder at a family meeting his manner was suddenly cold and stiff and his tone intolerably arrogant sterzl nodded go by all means he replied but baroness sterzl perceiving his purpose exclaimed no no my dear sempali you really must not run away you are not in the least de trop and a stranger you certainly can never be it would look as though we had frightened you away and that i will not imagine added her sister archly so sempali stayed only perhaps from the impulse that so often prompts us to drink a bitter cup to the dregs pray command yourself a little zini whispered cecil to his sister the interruption is unpleasant but you should not show your annoyance so plainly tea was now brought in sterzl devoted himself in an exemplary manner to his cousin slava so as to give his spoiled little sister as much liberty as possible slava treated him with the greatest condescension and kept glancing over her huge japanese fan at sempali who was sitting by zinka on a small sofa taciturn and ill-pleased while he helped her to pour out the tea baroness volnitska gulped down one cup after another eat up almost all the tea-cake and never ceased an endless medley of chatter the young pole sat brooding gloomily ostentatiously refused all food and spoke not a word his arms crossed on his breast he set the image of the dignity of man on the defensive i am desperately hungry madame volnitska confessed we are at a very good hotel hotel della stella in via delle pace we were told of it by a priest with whom we met on our journey it is not absolutely first class still only people of the highest rank frequent it two polish counts dined at the table d'hote and a french marquise in her case i must own i thought i could smell a rat i suspect she is running away with her lover from her husband or from her creditors out of defence to the highest rank the baroness had put her hand up to her mouth on the side nearest to the young couple as she made this edifying communication the dinner was very good she went on capital and we pay six francs a day for our board seven corrected slava six slava seven mamma and a discussion of the deepest interest to the rest of the party ensued between the mother and daughter as to this important point slava remained master of the field and with wax lights and service it comes to eight she added triumphantly i let her talk whispered her mother again directing her words with her hand she is very peculiar in that way everything cheap she thinks must be bad however what i was going to say was that to tell the truth i did not get enough to eat at dinner there were flowers on the table and she reached herself a slice of plum cake at this moment the door opened to admit count siegburg good evening he began seeing you so brightly lighted up i could not resist the temptation to come in and see how you were spending your ash wednesday 
he glanced around at the three strangers and instantly grasped the situation but far from taking the tragical view of it he at once determined to get as much fun out of it as possible after being introduced he placed himself in a position from which he could command the whole party sempali included and converse both with madame wolnitzka and her daughter he addressed himself first to the letter the name of wolnitzky is known to fame he said yes my father played a distinguished part in forty eight replied slava siegburg siegburg madame wolnitzka was meanwhile murmuring to herself which of the siegburgs the siegburgs of budo or of waldau or the waldau branch said baroness sterzel his mother was a princess hag and she leaned back on her cushions ah the waldau siegburgs quite the best siegburgs remarked her sister in a tone of astonishment of course replied baroness sterzel with great coolness as though she had never in her life spoken to any one less than the best siegburgs madame wolnitzka arranged her broad face in the most affiable wrinkles she could command and sat smiling at the young count watching for an opportunity of putting in a word for the present however this did not offer for her sister addressed her asking in a bitter-sweet voice and what made you decide on coming to rome can you ask i have wished for years to see rome and you wrote so kindly and so constantly clotilde so at length and here followed the history of the bernini you remember our bernini clotilde her sister nodded well i had the apollo the head only a copy by bernini it is a work of art that has been in our family for generations she continued turning to siegburg as she saw that he was listening to her narrative for centuries added madame sterzel i must confess that i could hardly bear to part with it her sister went on however i made up my mind to do so when tulp the great antiquary from vienna came one day and bid for it sterzel to whom the god's wanderings were known made some allusion to them in his dry way on which the baroness wolnitzka shuffled herself a little nearer to siegburg and addressed herself to him you see count it was something like what often happens with a girl you drag her about to balls for years take her from one wandering place to another and never get her off your hands then you settle down quietly at home and suddenly when you least expect it a suitor turns up i could hardly bear to see the last of the bust i assure you it must indeed have been a harrowing parting said siegburg with much feeling terrible said the baroness and doubly painful because and here she leaned over to whisper in siegburg's ear slava is so amazingly like the bernini does not her likeness to the apollo strike you i saw it at once as soon as i came in siegburg declared without hesitation every one says so well then you can understand what a sacrifice it was it cut me to the heart only to think of it oh these great emotions excuse me if i take off my cap 
and she hastily snatched off the black lace structure and passing her fingers through her thin grey hair with the vehemence of a genius she exclaimed merciful god how we poor women are ill-used crushed fettered yes a woman's lot is not a happy one said siegburg sympathetically you are quite an original exclaimed her sister giggling rather uncomfortably for in good society it is quite understood that when we are suffering under relations devoid of manners and whom if we dared we should shut up at once in a madhouse we may do what we can to render them harmless by ticketing them with this title quite an original are you still always ready to break a lance for the emancipation of our sex no replied madame volnitska no my dear clotilde i have given that up since i learned by experience that every woman is ready to set aside the idea of emancipation as soon as she has a chance of marrying i have lost my sympathy with the cause the emancipation of women of course can only be interesting to those who cannot marry observed sterzl who had not long since read an article on this much ventilated question and as there are undoubtedly more women than men in the world legalized polygamy is the only solution of the difficulty his aunt asserted mamma you really are said slava with an angry flare your views are necessarily pity and narrow retorted her mother if i were speaking on the subject in a light and frivolous tone i could understand your indignation but i am looking at the matter from a philosophical point of view you understand me i am sure count siegburg perfectly my dear madam siegburg assured her with grave dignity you look at the question from the point of national and political economy and from that point of view improprieties have no existence sempali sat twirling his moustache zinka first blushed and then turned pale while the mistress of the house patted her sister on the shoulder saying with a sharp awkward laugh quite an original quite an original but sterzl seeing that siegburg was excessively entertained by the old woman's absurdities and was on the point of amusing himself still further at her expense by laying some fresh trap for her folly happily bethought him that the only way to procure silence would be to ask slava to sing so he begged his cousin to give them some national air siegburg joined in the request but slava tried to excuse herself on a variety of pretexts the piano was too low the room was bad to sing in and so forth and so forth at last however she was persuaded to sing some patriotic songs in which matuschowski accompanied her her tall valkyr-like figure swayed and trembled with romantic emotion and faithful to the traditions of the art frémisson the thrilling school she held a piece of music fast in both hands for the sake of effect though it had not the remotest connection with the song she was singing her mother sat in breathless silence tears of admiration ran down her cheeks like many other mothers she only recognized those of slava's defects which came into conflict with her own idiosyncrasy and admired everything else 
when slava had shouted the last verse of the latest revolutionary ditty which would have been prohibited in forty-eight and sterzl was still asking himself whether it was worse to listen to the mother's tongue or the daughter's singing matuschowski whose chagrin at the small approval bestowed on his and slava's musical efforts had reached an unendurable pitch observed that it was growing late and that the ladies must be needing rest after all their exertions and fatigues madame wolnitzka hastened to devour the last slice of tea-cake brushed the crumbs away from her purple satin lap on to the carpet rose slowly and made her way with many bows and courtesies towards the door taking at least half an hour before she was fairly gone when his relatives had at length disappeared sterzl accompanied the two gentlemen who had also bid the ladies good-night into the hall and said good-humouredly to siegburg you i fancy are the only one of the party who has really enjoyed the evening siegburg coloured then looking up frankly at his friend he said you are not offended well perhaps just a little replied sterzl with a smile but i must admit that the temptation was a strong one and really and truly i am very sorry for you siegburg went on with that ingenuous want of tact that never lost him a friend there is nothing in the world so odious as to have a posse of disagreeable relations who suddenly appear and cling on to your coat-tails i know it by experience last spring at vienna half a dozen old aunts of my mother's came down upon us from bucania like a snowstorm sempali meanwhile had buttoned himself into his fur-lined coat and said nothing End of part two, chapter two.